grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. Lord. 
We read from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, beginning at the 35th verse. This text serves as the basis for our sermon this morning. The Lord Jesus said to his disciples, Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning. Be like people waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Blessed are those servants whom the master will find watching when he comes. Amen, I tell you, he will dress himself and have them recline at the table, and he will come and serve them. Even if he comes in the second or third watch, they will be blessed if he finds them alert. But know this, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for, for consideration is found recorded in the Gospel of Luke chapter 12 beginning at the 35th verse. I share with you these words once more. Jesus said, be dressed, ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. Be like people waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Blessed are those servants whom the master will find them watching when he comes. Amen, I tell you, he will dress himself and have them recline at the table, and he will come and serve them. Even if he comes in the second or third watch, they will be blessed if he finds them alert. But know this, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you are not expecting him. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ and heirs of everlasting life. When I was growing up as a little lad, the only translation of the Bible there was was the King James. And when there was starting to come out different translations, of course, many start asking the question, what's wrong with the King James Version? Why are there newer versions coming out? Some were actually rather upset by the fact that there were these newer versions and churches were actually starting to read from different versions. And I've always, in answering that question over the years, when I became a pastor, why these different translations, then there's even more happening even as we speak. I can't help but... First of all, answer the question this way. I don't doubt that there are different translations because they're selling books. And the Bible might be a big uh, sale for the publisher. But there's also another reason why there's oftentimes newer translations. It isn't that necessarily trying to change the Bible in its original language, but always to speak in the language of the people. You see, the Old and New Testament, the Bible languages, are actually dead languages. They're not changing. Yes, there is a modern Hebrew. Yes, there is a modern Greek. And yes, it will use 
many of the words, but it's not exactly the same. Those are living languages, just like in the English language. It is a living language. It just changed. And over the years, words even change in their meaning. But even in the light of all of that, when it comes to translating, and I've had the privilege of being taught Greek and Hebrew and, and to follow the rules of translation, that even in translating, you always want to be faithful to the original language, but you also want to be faithful to the English language because you want to make sure it says and it will be clear in the language that the people are speaking. And one of the most difficult parts of translating is actually what is called idioms. It's usually a group of words and, and a phrase that is very unique to a culture, people, and language. And what is unique to one language may not be understood by another. I'll give you a perfect example. Kick the bucket. Now, some would say that means to literally go and kick a bucket and go and do it down the road. But when you apply it to a person who has died, it has a completely different meaning. He's kicked the bucket. Or even to hang one's head. It doesn't mean you are to put a noose around your neck. But to hang one's neck is a way of saying this person is very sad, depressed, maybe even ashamed. So you always look for these idioms. What might be unique to one language might not be very clear to another. And in fact, our text opens with, those kind, with that kind of an idiom. You see, the words here, be dressed, ready for service, is not the exact translation word for word. The exact translation word for word is actually the words, let your loins be girded. Now, what does that mean? As soon as I hear those words, let your loins be girded, immediately I always think of the, the, the tenth plague, that Passover, when the angel of death went over and killing all the firstborn of humans and, and cattle, except for the Israelites who had the blood of a lamb painted on the doorposts. Then the angel of death went over those houses, and no death came to those homes. The Lord had told them when it came to eating the lamb, which they were to roast and not eat it raw, when he told them to have unleavened bread, he also told them to eat it with their cloak tucked into their belt. In other words, with their loins girded. They were to hold the staff in their hands and they were to be ready to go at a moment's notice. Because of this, many translations in, in translating that idiom not only uses the word be dressed, which is certainly what it means, but also adds the words ready for service because that's exactly what was included in that idiom. Let your loins be girded, be dressed and ready for service. The very Lord spoke these words, not because he was bringing up what happened with the Passover and how the Lord led the Israelites out of Egypt who had enslaved them. But instead, the Lord was bringing up this 
whole thing about being dressed and ready for service in the last few months as he was making his way to Jerusalem for the last time. There he will suffer and die on the cross for the sins of the world. But meanwhile, he's speaking to his disciples on a road trip and really speaking to many of these disciples for the last time. He's preparing them not only for his death and suffering that's going to take place in Jerusalem, but also for his second return. And that's what our words are dealing with. But in order to understand these words, you have to take to heart the fact that just like Jesus' first coming, his second coming doesn't have a date. It doesn't have a time. We're not told. Only God knows. And when the time is right, God will come. So instead of being overwhelmed and focusing on when he's going to come, our Lord wants us to focus instead on be dressed and ready for service. Or another way of putting it, let your loins be girded. In fact, he gives us two very beautiful, beautiful illustrations to drive this point home. That when it comes to being dressed and ready for service, first and foremost, do so as a faithful servant. He puts it this way. Be like people waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet, so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. Blessed are those servants whom the master will find watching when he comes. Now some take these words of the master going to a wedding banquet as... Oh, he was invited to a wedding banquet. And they don't know when he's going to come because they don't know when the party's going to end. Some take these words as thinking that the master is actually the bridegroom who's actually gone out to get his bride and to bring her back home. No matter how you see the illustration, and this is really a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, no matter how you take it, the conclusion is still the same. The servants were to be ready. They were to be alert. They were to keep the lamps burning so that the master would certainly come home to a lit home. They were ready to serve his needs. No doubt wash his feet and, and do whatever he asked and, and get him ready for bed if he so desires. If he's hungry, they would provide him a meal. But they were to be alert. They weren't to be sleepy. They weren't supposed to do anything else they were their job was to be alert ready for service and ready for the master's return even if it came in the second or third watch of the night the second watch is the hours before midnight the third watch is the hours after midnight even in the dead of night they were to be ready and to be alert what is fascinating is is when Jesus continues to say, Amen, I tell you. And that's a phrase that means that what he's about to say is an absolute truth. But even more than that, it's a divine truth. Unlike human thinking, the Lord, in his wisdom, says, Amen, I tell you. He will dress himself and have them recline at the table. The master because they were alert, will serve them. 
we have a role reversal. The master now becomes the servant, and the servant servants become the master. He treats them with respect. He treats them as an honored guest. He gives them the royal treatment, if you will. In other words, the one that has been faithful and alert will be one who is rewarded. And the greatest reward that you and I have as disciples of Jesus, servants of the Lord Christ himself, is the reward of heaven, where the Lord will bless us, take care of us, and be with us. My dear friends, when I hear these words, I can't help but think that this really does change everything. It changes my priority in life. It changes my purpose in life. My priority and purpose is not to serve myself, to please myself, to focus on myself, to live for myself. I'm not here to get the best bang out of the buck. I'm, I'm not here to live life to the fullest and, and enjoy it to the fullest, whatever life will provide me. But instead, my life is to serve the Master, to serve my Lord God, and to do so knowing of His grace and mercy for me and for you and for all. For this is the Lord God who made everything and even knit me together in my mother's womb. And that's not a mistake. This is the very Lord who gave his life and paid for my sins on the cross. Here I inherited that sinful nature, deserving his wrath and condemnation, deserving the punishment of even hell itself and being separated from God forever. And this Lord God, in spite of the fact that I deserve death and death and hell, went and paid for those sins and won for me the forgiveness of sins with this perfect life and his innocent suffering and death on the cross. It is the Lord who saved me and it is motivated and empowered by his love for me that I love, love him as I show that love to one another. Do you remember Jesus on the night he was betrayed, when he celebrated the, with his disciples the last time, the Passover meal. Recall what our Lord God, the very Son of God, did for the disciples. He washed their feet. Already a taste of heaven. And how great and glorious and wonderful our Lord God is. But there is one problem. There is one challenge in being a faithful servant, and that is the uncertainty that we live with now. When is he coming back? And in answer to that, Jesus gives another illustration. Not only does he call us to be a faithful servant, he calls us to be a faithful homeowner. He puts it this way, but know this, if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. You also be ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you are not expecting him. I would be shocked to hear 
if any one of you have not locked your door when you left your house this morning, I would be shocked to hear that you left it wide open. We lock our doors today because we know that someone could come in and steal from us. And so now we just automatically plan for it. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised that some of our very valuables may be hidden in our house with the hope that a thief would not find it. Oh, many a people have cut out a book, and, and inside that book that they have up on the shelf, some of their most precious jewels. I have even saw one time where you can buy outlets that are actually fake, but they look extremely real, but, and they go right into the wall, and on the other side is a little mini safe. We live our lives planning. I wouldn't doubt right now that all of us have our cars locked. I wouldn't doubt that many of us probably hit the alarm for the car more than once to make sure it was locked because of always the fear of a thief coming. It doesn't matter when he comes, but when he comes, it will be sudden and unexpected. So even though we do not know when the Lord comes, we expect him to come. We plan for him to come. In fact, we look forward to his coming. So my dear friends, know this and know it well, that anyone who tells you that they know when the Lord is coming is a false prophet and an ungodly teacher. I remember coming 25 years ago and the first time I visited Walmart, here in the springs, there was, a, there was a, a message on all the windows of the cars saying that in a few days the end of the world is coming and are you ready to meet your, meet your maker? Again, that was 25 years ago. We're still here. No man knows. I don't know. All I know is what the Lord reveals and in his holy word he tells us not to focus on the when, but to focus on being ready, being dressed. And you are certainly ready when you're in his word, growing in his word, taking to heart that word. When you're living according to that word, for blessed are those who hear the word of God and obey it. And when you go and out of Christ's command, share that word. For he did he not give us the great commission telling us to make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching everything he has commanded. And where does that begin? Oftentimes in our very own homes. Share Christ. Cling to Christ. Take to heart his word. This is the purpose of our life. This is the priority. And there is no greater priority in all the world than Jesus Christ, our Savior, and the Savior of the world. Jesus opens with an idiom. I have no doubt in my mind. He opened with an idiom here. Let your loins be girded. Because he wanted to emphasize what he was about to say. And therefore, I can't emphasize enough your Christians, be alert and ready for service.
The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.